3: Well, good morning. Welcome to African Dialogue right here on Channel Africa, your gateway to Africa and the voice of the African Renaissance. My name is Benjamin Mushatama. I'll be with you for the next hour and you're listening to us on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31 meter band to Southern Africa. We're on Channel 902 on DSTV. You can also join us online on www.channelafrica.co.za. Well, on our program today, we'll look at the 2016 World Economic Forum, which is the third to be held outside davos uh, and now is held in africa and it's being held this time in kigali rwanda so we'll be finding out what's happening there and what are the themes that will be coming out of that particular event but before we get into that let's get our news from ann musa
4: In the headlines, heads of state gather for incumbent Ugandan President Yoweri Museveni's swearing-in ceremony. International human rights group urges Ugandan government to arrest Sudanese president Omar al-Bashir, and the UN warns drought-affected Somalia needs urgent aid. A very good morning to you. I'm Anne Musam. Zimbabwe President Robert Mugabe is in Kampala, Uganda for the searing in ceremony of incumbent President Yawiri Museveni. Mugabe joins other heads of state already in Kampala for the event. Uganda's presidency says 13 heads of state and government from South Africa, the Kingdom of Lesotho, South Sudan, Tanzania, Mali, Togo, Chad, Equatorial Guinea, Ethiopia, Swaziland, China, Nigeria and Russian Federation are expected to attend the ceremony. Meanwhile, security has been tightened across the country after opposition parties vowed to disturb the swearing-in ceremony, claiming there was fraud in in the February 18 elections. And International Human Rights Group has urged the Ugandan government to arrest Sudanese President Umar al-Bashir if he arrives in Uganda. Human Rights Watch says unconfirmed reports are that al-Bashir would attend the inauguration of Yoweri Museveni in Kampala. Ties between Sudan and Uganda have been strained over the last 10 years, with both governments trading accusations of support for rebel groups in South Sudan from the other side. Bashir is also under two International Criminal Court arrest warrants since 2008 for genocide, crimes against humanity and war crimes allegedly committed in Darfur. The UK will today announce its plans to set up the world's first international anti corruption coordination centre alongside Interpol in London. The announcement comes as leaders are gathering in the UK for a major anti corruption summit. Dan Whitehead has more.
3: It's going to be set up uh, with help from the U.S., Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Switzerland and the international policing organisation Interpol. Uh, What will it involve? Well, we understand it will involve the U.K.'s national crime agency who will provide help and support to uh, law enforcement agencies around the world, basically to investigate allegations of corruption, uh, to punish those corrupt elites and also to uh, recover stolen assets, which will be one of the big themes uh, during this one day
2: summit.
4: Over one million people in Somalia are at risk of slipping into acute food insecurity if they do not receive aid. A UN official has warned persistent drought in Puntland and Somaliland has already had devastating effects on communities there where 385,000 are food insecure. In some areas, 60 to 80 percent of herds have been lost. According to the UN Humanitarian Agency, Ocha, 37 percent of the population in those areas needs some form of humanitarian assistance. And finally, the opening of Egypt's border with Gaza in both directions for two days has been welcomed by the UN. The move could provide some relief to Palestinians enclosed in Gaza, exacerbated by a long-standing blockade in place since Hamas won the elections in 2007. The crossing has been partially opened for 42 days since October 2014. Over 30,000 people are registered and waiting to cross, according to authorities in Gaza. Recapping the top stories, heads of state gather for incumbent Ugandan President Juwere Museveni's swearing in ceremony. International Human Rights Group has urged Ugandan government to arrest Sudanese President Umar al-Bashir and the UN has warned drought affected Somalia is in need of urgent aid.
0: Good news for our listeners in America. You can now listen to Channel Africa by phoning 605 47 So, if you're a Channel Africa listener in America, simply dial 605 47 Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance.
3: yes you are listening to channel africa the voice of the african renaissance well today we're looking at the world economic forum which is held in kigali rwanda africa's positive economic outlook is under pressure mainly due to adverse changes in the global economy and is expected to remain remain just below five percent this year as many countries in the region improve their investment climate and undertake macroeconomic policy reforms Foreign direct investment flows are expected into the continent to continue to grow, although at a slower pace. This is one of the pertinent issues that came under the spotlight during the preliminary sessions of the World Economic Forum that's being held in Kigali, Rwanda. It is the third time, as I mentioned, when we started the program that the African continent hosts a summit of this magnitude. The first was held in Nigeria, then South Africa, and now, Rwanda. The theme this year is connecting Africa's resources through digital transformation. Now, to help us understand this, we're going to be joined by Aslanavis Karamera, who is Channel Africa's correspondent based in Kigali, Rwanda. Aslanavis, thank you for giving us your time. Thank
1: you.
3: Tell us a little bit about, uh, really, the atmosphere there in Rwanda, Kigali, and the importance of actually Rwanda hosting the World Economic Forum there for the first time.
1: Uh, thank you so much. Uh, what I'm tell you in the next year that uh, the forum started yesterday and uh, it brought uh, into small sessions. were were aspects in the economic growth and position uh, and uh uh legals, fault makers were broken into small sessions to really discuss and exploit um I mean negotiate every area uh, of economic growth in Africa to really look at challenges and opportunities that are found, you know, found in our country this century in sub Saharan Africa. Uh, because uh this is part that has been looked at by the world as, uh, as 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 a part of the context which has not really been uh experiencing steady growth in economic and uh, development. But now what is being discussed today and since yesterday is how Africa at large could be having a very uh, good and global bond uh in the international platform because uh the world looks at Africa as uh, hmm. part which is really not uh, at a good pace in terms of economic growth. So they're trying to really look at how they could be doing uh starting with the youth, women and other uh segments of of society really put together efforts and make sure that Africa is really uh hurt and uh grow as required uh, to say.
3: And also in terms of uh, looking at the issues of uh, governance, I'm sure those are ones that are actually pertinent this time around Slim us looking at the idea of Rwanda itself. We know that sometimes uh, Rwanda can be seen for its political situation, especially blighting issues such as the standing issue of the incarceration of opposition political leaders and also the president's long-standing presidency. Has that been something that has been highlighted during this uh, occasion?
1: As we speak now, the very issue we are talking about has not yet been coming up. But uh, what came up since yesterday until now, as we speak, is, Rwanda, uh, is that Rwanda is becoming a star on the African continent, given its the history of uh, yesterday's tragedy. And this is a country that has really managed to come up and become one of the fastest growing uh, economies on the African continent. Uh, Having been uh, leasing one million people from uh, their poverty in the last five years, uh, having been one of the six, as I said, uh, uh, growing economies in Africa, uh, uh, with with the IPA reports, Tanzania, Kenya, Djibouti, and other countries, uh, some of people actually are are saying there is a lot to draw uh, from Rwanda and Hmm. so that other African countries could emulate because. Uh, some of the components that, that, that has been spoken about is loans and the legal framework that really is doing uh, business here and security and the mm-hmm. fees. Uh, so I think the issue of political, uh, maybe um, political issues will really perhaps come after, but as we speak now, we have been learning so much on how to really draw some lessons from Rwanda. And make sure
3: that the other countries really, some of the other countries really emulate and see how the Africa as a whole, you know, coming up and grow at a good pace. Sure. Well, thank you for giving us your time, Slevinus Karamera. I'm sure that our. um news team will also be speaking to you later in the day to get some more updates what's happening there in Kigali at the World Economic Forum that's Livinus Karamera who's Channel Africa's correspondent based in Kigali, Rwanda giving us an update really on what's happening there. Uh, that's Now let's move on to our rest of our guests really to discuss the importance of the World Economic Forum especially now that it's the third time being hosted in the continent of Africa. We've got on the line Paul Boynton who is a Chief Executive Officer of Alternative Investments from Old Mutual. We also have Peter Lopscher, who is the Chief Economist at the Bureau for Economic Research. We also have Amanda Fitchin, who is from the Department of Economics at the University of South Africa. I want to start with you, Peter, this conversation and look at the significance of this particular World Economic Forum. I know there's a few challenges on the continent of Africa in terms of the demand for its, commodity, its commodities and also issues of governance have come into the picture lately. And also we've seen some changing dynamics. The announcement yesterday as well that uh, South Africa has slipped to third place uh, in terms of its uh, uh, being an e- economic powerhouse on the continent with Egypt taking second place with Nigeria maintaining the first place. How significant is this World Economic Forum for the continent, Peter? Peter, are you there? I'm not sure if Peter is there. Let me see if Paul Boynton is there, the Chief Executive Officer for Alternative Investments from Old Mutual. Paul, are you there?
1: Yes, hi. Hi, Benjamin. Fant- uh, we've got
3: questions. Fantastic. I'll come back to you, Paul. Let me check if our other guests are there. Amanda yes, Fitchin, are you there as well? Yes, I'm um,
5: here. Yeah.
3: Fantastic. Let's see if Peter is there. Peter, are you there? Okay, we've lost Peter. Let me come to you Paul, in terms of looking at the significance of uh, this World Economic Forum. Why is it important at this particular time, as I was highlighting earlier on when I was trying to pose the question to uh, uh, Peter, is the fact that uh, South Africa has now moved to third place as an economic powerhouse on the African continent, with Egypt taking second place, and also we see Nigeria maintaining its position there as the economic powerhouse. So we've seen uh, dynamics changing on the African continent and its economies. So why would it be so important for us to be hosting this World Economic uh, uh, Forum this year?
2: Yeah, look, I think that, uh, you, you know, Rwanda has benefited enormously from being the host this year of the World Economic Forum. Um, you know, the country has done extraordinary things over the last, uh, you know, almost two decades. Um, and you know it's visible to all the visitors here what what a wonderful uh, job uh, has been done by this country and i think part of the world economic forum is 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 you know uh, is sharing successes across africa and and trying to you know sort of uh, disseminate uh you know learnings that, that are useful across across africa so um, you know one of the big themes that um, rwanda has pushed here is, is is the theme of partnership that they've uh, as a country, look to partner with people who can help them develop and to build sustainable, long-term partnerships that are, you know, mutually beneficial. And I think, you know, that's possibly a theme that can be, you know, taken on board by, by by many other countries across Africa, which is, you know, almost, uh, you know, focused partnerships on on on, on delivering great outcomes. Mm. Um, you know, one of the the partnerships that. Um, they've entered into interesting years with Howard Buffett, who's Warren Buffett's son, uh, Hmm. in the agriculture space. And he was presenting yesterday on on what a great partner he had found, you know, Rwanda to be in in this endeavor and, uh, you know, extolling their virtues. But um, he's committed a significant amount of capital to the agricultural space here, into um, both buying sort of agricultural productive capacity, but also developing you know, the, the infrastructure, you know, around the state is, is looking to, you know, build a um, uh, an institute here that uh, will, will will train people in, in agronomy, uh, will act as an agricultural extension uh, right. service and also do research on, on, on how to improve, you know, agricultural productivity. So a very good story.
6: Mm.
3: Let me see if I can get Peter there. Uh, Peter, are you there with us now?
7: Yes, good morning. Yes, uh, uh, I, I'm I'm back online.
3: Fantastic. It's get, it's great to have you back on that line. Before I move on to Amanda Fitchin, in terms of the significance of Rwanda hosting this World Economic Forum, what are your thoughts around that?
7: Yes, well, I I can only I can only agree with what the previous speaker said that um, Rwanda has shown and demonstrated that that some somehow they they are getting a very important. Um, uh, ingredient in terms of uh, economic development, right? And that's to create a, uh, a, a climate of, of certainty and predictability. Um, I think that's, that's a very attractive uh, situation for, for investors and, 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 and obviously, uh, having demonstrated success, um, that will also be a very uh, good example to, to other, um developing
3: economies in africa and uh, in in terms of looking at uh, its kind of interesting aspect of rwanda we're seeing that it's becoming this kind of an emerging economy when it comes to this uh, high tech world and we're seeing that it seems to have invested a lot of its energies towards ict infrastructure your thoughts around that peter
7: um, once again, I think they, they get it right there because um, you know if you think about what what um, economies, developing economies um, that that uh, need need to do um, uh, to, to to install install the, the the appropriate infrastructure and infrastructure investment, um, I think that that um, is, is on the right uh, on the right track. I um, mean, obviously, one must make sure that. Um, there is the uh, the the, the, um, the uh, supply of labor uh, in other words the workers to 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 um, uh, actually um, uh, to do the work in, the, in those industries uh, that, that that skills the skills must be available but i'm sure that that uh, that uh, also receives attention but the education and training um, and um, the labor market obviously uh, Mm. Ingredient
3: mm. Let me come to you, Amanda Fitchin, in terms of looking at uh, the World Economic Forum in itself. This year, looking at the idea of connecting Africa's resources through digital transformation, I was wondering if that is actually one that is as a very much uh, a relevant uh, Um, Theme Because looking at Africa right now, we do have some challenges in terms of infrastructure development, healthy business regulation that actually attracts investment, and also governments struggling a little bit with the issue of corruption. Do you think this is a good theme this year, or we could have dealt with other more pertinent issues?
5: Look, I think that we can't not deal with these um, issues information technology issues that are being dealt with at Kigali because we can't be left behind. Even if there are other pertinent issues in the South African economy right now, we have to still swim with the stream and try and fix the stuff that needs fixing simultaneously. Otherwise, um, it's a kind of sink or swim at the moment in the world economy because No country is left on its own anymore with Internet age. And so South Africa would find itself left out of the game if it didn't participate in Internet transfer, knowledge and growth.
3: And, and and looking at that, in terms of what we saw yesterday, Amanda, in terms of what I was highlighting, that issue that South Africa has fallen down into third place as an economic powerhouse on the continent, and we're seeing now that we've been overtaken by Egypt and also Nigeria maintaining its number one position. What are your thoughts around those dynamics?
5: Um, a lot of that change has come about because of the, in Nigeria's case, revaluation of the calculation of GDP some years back, and um, with regard to the ranking, because of South Africa's slip with its uh, RAND value against the dollar, dollar. so these are re, um, LRK, re-rankings because of dollar valuation. Um, I don't know that one needs to worry too much about
6: Mm. where
5: we fit on the continent's list of size of the economy. What's more important is to get the mechanics within the particular economy correct, and that's the biggest challenge that South Africa faces right now, because as you correctly started out saying, the... Um, pressures on resources and the prices of resources will have an enormous impact on the South African economy.
6: Mm.
3: Well, I'm going to go for a quick break and then we'll be back after the break. And we're going to really unpack this particular summit. And it's important, especially looking at the past two summits that were held in Africa's largest economies, Nigeria in 2014 and South Africa in 2015. What lessons have African leaders learned from these experiences? And have we seen a way forward in that regard? What are your thoughts? We want to hear from you. Remember, you can SMS us your thoughts on plus two seven seven nine six nine. On the line, we have Paul Boynton, who is the Chief Executive Officer for Alternative Investments from Old Mutual. We also have uh, Peter Lopsha, who is a Chief Economist from the Bureau for Economic Research. And Amanda Fitchin is uh, from the Department of Economics at the University of South Africa. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back after this.
0: Good news for our listeners in America. You can now listen to Channel Africa by phoning 605 So, if you're a Channel Africa listener in America, simply dial 605 471 Channel Africa, the voice of the African renaissance.
8: Hello, listener. Join Channel Africa in its 50th anniversary celebrations. Channel Africa is turning 50 in May this year. Join us as we move through memories of this station since 1966.
3: Yes, you are listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Remember, if you're listening to us on DSTV we're on channel nine o two, thank you for listening to us there. Remember, you can also stream us live on www.channelafrica.co.za. We also on our shortwave service on the frequency nine six two five kilohertz on the thirty one meter band to southern Africa. Today, we're looking at the 2016 World Economic Forum, which is the third to be held outside Davos in Africa, and is being held this time. Time in Kigali Rwanda we've got on the line Paul Boynton who's the Chief Executive Officer for Alternative Investments from Old Mutual and also we have uh, Peter Lobshaw who is uh, the Chief Economist for um, Bureau for Economic Research and we've got from the Department of Economics at the University of South Africa Amanda Fitchin now Paul Boynton coming to you in terms of looking at uh, uh, the issues that we were highlighting with Amanda Fitchin in terms of The theme itself, connecting Africa's resources through digital transformation, that importance of that particular theme, especially in this time. I don't know if it is really relevant when it comes to looking at the slow pace at which uh, now investment is flowing in Africa. Were we supposed to be looking at other things either than this particular topic? Paul, are you there?
2: sorry benjamin i i missed yeah I, I missed a, just the last bit of that question i was just asking on the right
3: yes yes in terms okay. of is is the digital space what we're supposed to be looking at instead of looking at really the challenges of actually attracting more investments in, into the continent
2: so i think you know um uh, Africa needs to focus on on, on, on on several things, not just one thing. So, yes, Paul? is important. Mm. Uh, you know, that's a piece of Rwanda's success. By the way, has been uh, you know building uh, a, a a space where you know they they in context with everyone around. What are the consequences of corruption? You know, diverting resources? How does that impact things over time? And you know, a, a, a situation where you know, they've, they've, they've uh, minimized the negative uh, impacts of corruption. I think the other uh, issue that, that Africa really uh, needs to, you know, drive hard is, is, is the hard infrastructure, physical infrastructure. So, um, you know, the, the digital transformation is obviously uh, a part of it, um, you know, getting that kind of infrastructure in place. But certainly pork, uh, you know, if you look at it, costs three times as much to get a container through a port in Africa as it does through a port in Europe, you know that that needs to change. Uh, if you look at ports outside of uh, Durban, uh, sub-Saharan Africa, the average waiting time for a vessel at a port is, is is 20 days. You know in Europe it's three or four days. So, you know these kind mm-hmm. of logistics need to be improved if Africa is going to be competitive ultimately. Uh, if you look at the power deficit in Africa, it's extraordinary. You know uh, in sub-Saharan Africa. Um, you know, on uh, a person spends on average, or has access to on average, the equivalent electricity uh, that someone uses in seven days in, in the OECD. Um, so, you, you know, power is, is 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 crucial to to building economic activity over time. Um, and you know, Africa needs to be spending you know 50 billion odd dollars a year in in remedying that deficit. So, you know, there are other big issues in Africa that also need to be need to be worked. On. Um I think the other one that I would just leave there is, is integration, you know. Africa, you know, on average inter-regional trade in Africa is only 13%. That's not good enough. Africa needs to trade a lot more with itself. So, you know, building uh economic integration, regional integration, these things are all all important. So, um Mm. Uh, very, I, I, I don't sure. think it's a, it's a single silver bullet.
3: Sure, d- definitely and and that's very interesting that you highlight those points. Amanda, your thoughts there in terms of uh, issues of reformation on how we need to also see that kind of reintegration thing actually coming into uh, you know, a Fruition, Because sometimes we've been talking about integration as a continent, but sometimes when it comes to policy, we don't see our policies integrating as a continent to attract investments. South Africa as well, are we creating enough partnerships within the continent to ensure that we also have uh, enough uh, collaborations within the continent to make sure that we are sustainable as well in terms of these trying times as a continent in that issue of integration?
5: I don't think that South Africa lags behind at all in um, the linkages into Africa for, for trade. Um, I think we're a leader in the trade a- area in Africa because our infrastructure is, is, as African standards go, our infrastructure is quite good, and especially with regard to trade. So I don't think we're lagging there. I think there are a lot, uh, one, in South Africa, one should really place more focus on some of the issues that are holding our economy back and um, sorting those out will certainly help with all sorts of dimensions that will be positive towards um, growth in both our domestic economy and in Africa and our assistance into Africa and our participation in African economies. But there are certain things that we need to get right in our own economy, otherwise we're not going to be able to be part of the growing sector. For example, um, our inflation rate and um, the cost of doing business in South Africa, the cost of making items in South Africa linked to the price of the wage. Um, And most recently, uh, in a publication, it was highlighted that We've been tracking inflation for most of the last 15 years as the driver of interest rates in the economy, but actually the researchers found that the heaviest driver for and pressure on inflation comes from cost rises which are directly related to Mm. the cost of um, humans' uh, work. So the single... Most um, robust force on inflation is the unit labor cost, Mm. not, in fact, other factors which the Reserve Bank might have taken into account when raising interest rates.
6: Mm. Well,
3: I have to take another break before I come back to uh, Peter Lopsha, who is going to give us a view, because I'm also interested in terms of looking at uh, the turbulence that we're seeing with the uh, world stock markets that are put uh, on pressure on that demand, the decline of the demand for Africa's commodities. What is the economic forecast right now? And what how should Africa be positioning itself with those particular challenges? What are your thoughts around the World Economic Forum? Do you think that these... Programs or these uh, discussions and these talks with presidents and economists meet actually make a difference in terms of our economies? Give us your thoughts. We know the first one was uh, held in Nigeria and the second one was held in South Africa last year. And now we're seeing this uh, actually progression into Rwanda in the third year. Do you think that we're seeing Africa actually striving to become that power block on in terms of economies in the world? Give us your thoughts. Plus 277969. Nine five seven nine three zero, or you can email us at info at channelafrica.org. We'll be back after this.
4: If you have friends and family in the United States of America who enjoy staying in touch with news from home. Tell them they can call 605-475-1711 and listen to Channel Africa from any mobile phone. The best part is there is no extra cost for the call when it originates from the U.S. So tell your friends and family in the U.S. to listen to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance.
3: Yes, you are listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. And today we're looking at the World Economic Forum from different dynamics and looking at its importance being held in uh, Rwanda this year. Remember, we want to hear your thoughts. Do you think uh, Africa can reposition itself as a power block in terms of its economy and make sure that it actually has something to offer the rest of the world? What are your thoughts around that? Plus 27796957930. If you're joining us, we've got Paul Boeing who's the Chief Executive Officer for Alternative Investments from Old Mutual. We also have Peter Lopscher who's a Chief Economist from the Bureau for Economic Research. We also have Amanda Fitchin who is from the Department of Economics at the University of South Africa. Peter, let me come to you in terms of looking at that issue of how does Africa position itself in the current challenges, especially because commodity prices are not really doing that well. There's that huge turbulence in world stock markets. And we know that also the issue of China as well becoming a central investor in Africa becomes also a big challenge. What are your thoughts on how Africa can actually position itself in this specific World Economic Forum with all these challenges? Peter? Yes, uh, Benjamin. Sorry, I
7: missed the introduction. I just have to make one correction. I'm not the chief economist of the ER um, at
3: the moment, I'm I'm independent. Um, okay, uh, we, I don't know that we've lost someone there. Uh, let's see if we can fix that. I'm not sure if it's a Paul or it's Peter or Amanda. But uh, Peter, are you there with us?
7: Yes, I'm, I'm here. Oh, fantastic! So um, you
3: you speaking from an from an independent perspective. We yes, apologize I've for that. I've got
7: association with the DR, but I'm I'm, I'm independent. Okay, fantastic. Um, yes, I'd, I'd like to answer your question. You no, know, um, I think uh, we have to accept that. Um, the world economic outlook, um, as we see it, it, continues to be revised downwards. We, we we have to accept that we we actually living in a, uh, a, 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 a scenario of of relatively low growth for for longer. Um, China, the Chinese economy is rebalancing. Uh, the advanced economies um, are struggling with with productivity growth. Um, there are demographic issues. Uh, uh in countries like Japan and Europe and also uh in China. Um, and and we have to accept that uh demand is not going to be as robust as, as uh we have become used to. So uh for for, for Africa um, there's actually in, in this this uh climate we we can see uh the dependence on the commodities uh quite quite clearly just from the revision that the IMF has recently made uh, to their forecast for Africa, currently around 3% uh, where it was uh, above 5% previously. So there there certainly is still a dependency on on commodity demand, but the opportunity is actually to diversify. I I can fully um, endorse the the factors that that Paul listed in terms of other uh, important um, policy uh, uh, interventions but the, the other one that I would want to mention is diversification. Um, it starts with, with agricultural processing um, uh, and uh, uh, manufacturing uh, from basic commodities right through the, the value spectrum. So that is really where uh, there can be a lot of catch-up. Um, and if, if you combine that with the, the, the correct uh, or uh, very aggressive um, Approach to infrastructure, uh, you, you tend to, to to provide opportunities, internal opportunities, and then obviously um, to link it to trade as well. Uh, but the the growth of 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 uh, the the the, the, the um, or the diversification of African economies, I think, is is critical. Oh. And in in this uh, this climate, it's actually uh, world economic climate that we currently find ourselves in. Uh, it's actually very opportune, uh, because the African economies have a uh, uh, great potential in growing the, um, the, the, the middle classes and, and more buying power internally. So I think that, that, that's mm. a way that uh, the Africa uh, Africa uh, can, can go forward in this,
3: this world economic climate. Mm. And also coming to you, um, Paul, in terms of the issue of diversification, maybe that's why this theme could be important because IT actually could bridge that gap for our youth population with 70% of population of African countries under the age of 30. I know that the issue of I, I, ICT it can be an area whereby we can actually capitalise and that's how we could also further diversify our economies Paul
2: yeah you know absolutely I think I think uh, you know it can be used to uh, you know fast track the economic inclusion of people uh, you know it's easier for people to become hooked up in an ICT uh, enabled economy Um but just to comment further on the point I uh, just made, you know, if you look at China, 30% of the Chinese economy is manufacturing. In Africa, you know, many important countries like Nigeria, Kenya, etc., the share of manufacturing in their economies is only 10%. So we need to build a much bigger manufacturing base across Africa. We need to you know, understand and build um, you know, globally competitive uh, manufacturing value chains. Uh, you know, like South Africa has been doing in, 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 in the motor sector. We need to establish those kind of linkages that that, that, that we can build globally competitive uh, manufacturing outcomes in various spaces um, uh, across Africa. Mm. Amanda, your thoughts... A very interesting story that's come out of... Oh, go the, ahead, Paul. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe it's a very interesting anecdote to, is a Chinese entrepreneur, Helen Hyde, who has established a shoe factory uh, in, in Ethiopia, and Ethiopia has got you know very competitive labour costs, and the Ethiopian government is driving hard at bringing investment in. in. They're very competitive electricity tariffs as well. But you know she has um, built a shoe manufacturing business in Ethiopia, employing 8,000 Ethiopians. So it's a truly extraordinary, uh, uh, you know, uh, growth in, in, in jobs and, and, and output and whatever for the economy like Ethiopia, um, and it's will stick along the way and try to get manufacturing going in that, in that economy in
6: a much more substantive way.
2: Hmm. Let me come to you,
3: Amanda, in terms of that issue that we're now on, the issue of diversifying our economies. How important is that as well, finding different revenues, different spaces whereby we can diversify our economies? I know you're speaking also from a South African uh, perspective, but you can also give us your views there.
5: Well, any form of economic activity when the um, economic growth is so low is ideal. Um, One of the other problems that South Africa, as an example, but all in Africa will be facing is the um, taps are closing for international aid into Africa because the countries that used to supply aid into into Africa have got their own um, problems to deal with, migrant problems are into Europe for example and the slowing American economy or slowed American economy. Um, so your question was how can diversification and alternative forms of um, economic activity benefit us, any form of economic activity? Um, if you go into a township and see how people have ingeniously um, started making money, providing ac- um, income creation, creating activities for themselves, that's what we need. South African needs, particularly South Africa, needs those kind of um, activities to ensure that the poorest of the poor can eventually get into the economy. Our economy looks very different to many of the northern African economies. And so we have to make our economic bed that fits for us.
3: And also in terms of moving forward, I, I I have to wrap it up. I've got three minutes left. Amanda, let me start with you. In terms of seeing ourselves actually becoming a competitive uh, front for the rest of the world, what else do we need to entrench in our African culture in terms of business? And I think it comes back also that entrepreneurial culture. We haven't really built it in a fast momentum as well.
5: Yeah, I think that South Africa's got a lot to be thankful for and we've got a highly entrepreneurial um, population. Um, It's there. We just have to open it up to have everybody participating um, and get rid of the blockages. Um, We've spent, if you think about since December last year, um, we've spent an inordinate amount of time and effort um, talking about perhaps two things, the change in the finance minister and um, the president's Mm, residence. mm, mm, mm. And so if we put our positive thoughts into more entrepreneurial um, issues and not into side issues, I'm sure that the economy can... um, hobble along sure, until sure. the world economy starts to grow as
3: well. Mm. Peter, just to wrap it up with you as well, before I go to Paul, your thoughts about that idea of us moving more into a cultural uh, space whereby we have an entrepreneurial culture and also we invest in our own innovations as, as a continent. Just to wrap it up.
7: Yes, I, I, I agree um, uh, that we do have an entrepreneurial C although I think um, there they are still um room for improvement um i think it's it's um specifically um, linked to the the labor market i think we, we we that's the one one of the blockages in our economy um if i can uh, if I can go there that's the, that we must get the labor market functioning so the education mm-hmm. training system must produce. individuals that can find work in the economy and and, uh, in in the industry um, available. And then we must um, uh, make sure that that we get this this economy back to work. Mm. Um, uh, We we focus on on other non-economic issues uh, at the present point in time, as Amanda points out. Um, And I think if we uh, get this economy back to work, uh, uh, create an environment of, of stability and predictability, then
2: um, entrepreneurs will
3: flourish. Mm. Paul, your final sentiments.
2: Yeah, look, I think what I would add is, you know, your comment about, you know, South is sitting down the ranking. I think South Africa is very privileged to be sitting, you know, on the southern tip of Africa because Africa is the place to be over the next 20 years uh, in terms of, you know, the, the, the growth outcome. And we are positioned in South Africa so well to assist Africa to grow and to benefit from Africa growing. So that's one thing I've put in the past. I think as far as South Africa is concerned, you know, we need, as a society, collectively you know, focus on solving our problems and focus on you know, the imperatives we have, which is you know, reducing unemployment and and cranking up you know, the growth rate. And if we, if we collectively engage uh, with you know, relentlessly on those issues, we, there's no doubt we'll, we'll, we'll make uh, extraordinary uh, progress. Uh, uh. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, we, we don't have a poor hand yet, so. we have a pretty strong hand if we pay our costs <laughs> correctly.
3: Well, we have to let it go. Thank you to our guests today for giving us their time and their expertise and their views. We really appreciate you making time for us. Thank you to Paul Boynton, Chief Executive Officer of Alternative Investments from Old Mutual. Peter Lopsha is an independent economist. And Amanda Fitchin, thank you for joining us as well from the Department of Economics at the University of uh, South Africa. I have to quickly move on and get our economics uh, update.
8: To Get to know
9: Channel Africa and all the people who bring news, views, and great African entertainment. Bonjour
3: you can
8: now catch Channel Africa on DSTV Audio Bouquet, Channel 902. Channel
4: Africa. The voice
3: of the African Renaissance. Well, Joelani Tulo is with us in studio to give us our economics update.
9: Thank you, Benjamin. Good morning. South Africa's Trade and Industry Minister, Rob Davies, says South Africa remains the most industrialized country, despite the latest drop to the third position on Africa's ranking. The International Monetary Fund report indicates that Egypt has overtaken South Africa as the second biggest economy and Nigeria is still on top of the list. South Africa was the largest economy for years in Africa until it was overtaken by Nigeria recently. Davies says growth by other African countries should be welcomed.
7: Nigeria has 170 million people, we have 55 million. Egypt, I believe, has 90 million people. Uh, so they're about double our population. If there's going to be growth and development on the African continent, it should mean that uh, certain countries at least start to have a GDP more in line with the size of their population. If Nigeria's got more than three times our population and they're bigger than us, so per capita, we're still bigger than them. It's the same with Egypt and we certainly are the most
2: industrialized country on the on the continent.
9: The Rwanda Utility Regulation Authority says the use of mobile financial services has increased by nearly 500% in four years. The Regulators' Director General in Rwanda, Patrick Nireshema, says the unprecedented growth is driven by a large number of the unbanked in Rwanda. Consumers use airtime street vendors to transfer or receive cash. Nireshema was speaking to the SABC News on the sidelines of the World Economic Forum currently underway in Kigali, Rwanda.
3: Just to give you some perspective, uh, four years back, uh, that would be in 2011, we had approximately 1.44 million subscribers on mobile money. Right now the number has grown uh, to over 7.7 million. In terms of transactions, in 2015 there was 168, uh, slightly over 168 million transactions. Uh, the total amount of money flowing uh, was about well, in the excess of $1.2 billion as compared to less than $100 million uh, just four years ago.
9: Zimbabwean taxpayers owed 2.6 billion U.S. dollars at the end of March, a 31% rise from last year. The tax authority says it failed to meet revenue targets due to a depressed economy, company closures, and job losses. Taxes finance the entire budget in the Southern African country, because lenders like the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank have said they will only resume supporting Zimbabwe once it clears its debts with global lenders. And finally, South Sudan has joined the COMESA regional customs. Transit Guarantee or RCTG scheme. The signing ceremony took place during the ninth meeting of the RCTG scheme in Mombasa last Thursday. The RCTG the scheme, popularly known as Carnet, is a transit regime designed to facilitate the movement of goods under the custom seals in the 19-member Common Market for East for Eastern and South Africa Trade bloc. Diana Wanyonyi reports from Mombasa. Speaking during the meeting at the Kenya Revenue Authority offices in Mombasa, Comesa Secretary General Cindy Songwenya said the government of South Sudan has authorized the national surety to sign the inter-Surety Agreement. Taking a look at the financial indicators, the U.S. dollar is trading at 15.11 to the South African rand at 10.86 to the Botswana pula, and at 9.86 to the Zambian kwacha. It is also trading at 0.69 to the British pound and at 0.87 to the euro. On the commodities market, gold is trading at 1,272 dollars and platinum at 1,061 dollars an ounce. Finally, the price of burnt crude oil is at 47.45 dollars 45 a barrel. For Channel Africa, I'm Jolani Tulo.
3: Well, Fikzozo is with us. That's Fili Linguati to give us our sports.
8: In our sports update this hour, starting off with football news, the South African national women's team, Banyana Banyana, have intensified their preparations with less than three months left before the start of Rio Olympic Games. Banyana Banyana take on neighbors Zimbabwe, also heading to the Olympics in an international friendly at the Makhulung Stadium in Tembisa, east of Johannesburg. Both teams have qualified to the Olympics. Banyana Banyana are set to prioritize results when they host Zimbabwe this coming Sunday. Banyana Banyana coach Vera Powell says preparations are on track.
5: The preparations in itself are going really, really well, and it's fantastic that with all the help of Cecil we get another game under our belt this week. Because um, unfortunately we had to take a break of four weeks, but the players have had programs with men, with the club, and it shows that they have not lost as much as that we feared for.
8: Zimbabwe Football Association ZIFA offices in Harare have been raided again with the messenger of court attaching property. The case is related to a debt owed to Lazarus Riva, a photographer engaged by the previous ZIFA leadership to cover matches involving the national team and ZIFA events. Riva claims he's owed twenty three thousand US dollars by the football controlling body for his services. According to court documents, River argued that sometime in 2009, he entered into a verbal agreement with Zifa, where he would cover any event as and when requested. River covered events from 2009 to 2014, charging 23,000 in the process that's the U.S. dollars. CONCACAF presidential candidate Larry Musenden promised to help small nations and rival Victor Montagliani outlined to a corporate philosophy as they wound up their campaigns ahead of today's election. Canadian Montagliani says the region's showpiece tournament, the Gold Cup, should continue to be held in the United States while Bermuda's Musenden described his plan to establish a professional Caribbean football league for clubs. The two men head of their respective countries FAs are bidding to lead soccer's governing body for North Central America and the Caribbean governing body out of years of turmoil in athletics the who's who of men's 400 meter hurdles will be competing in Shanghai in the second of the Diamond League meeting on Saturday all eight of the athletes have raced at least once in a final of the world championship Nicholas Bett of Kenya is the current world champion South Africa's Fonseil says his training has been going well the past few weeks and he feels there is a good race in his legs.
9: Cautious, but uh, extremely happy. Um, You know, I was expecting to lose in straight sets today. That was the mindset going in. So to win in straight is actually a really big surprise to me Um, because I played cautious and... uh, I only decided after the warm-up that i was actually going to play so for me uh, it was it's a big match on many levels um, in terms of information looking ahead
8: for the next few weeks and this is the world number two roger fedra who's saying that he might not continue with the ongoing italian open in rome after beating germany's alexander Zverev. and that's a sport news this
6: out
3: Well, that's how we wrap it up. Hey, do you think that uh, Africa can position itself as an economic uh, powerhouse? Give us your thoughts. Plus two, seven, seven, nine, six, nine, five, seven, nine, three, zero. One of our guests there, Paul Boynton, was saying, hey, Africa is where you need to be in the next 20 years just because of the resources, the people, the manpower, the diversity. Also, there's so many things that you can actually access here in the continent of Africa. We're actually a very rich continent. Give us your thoughts. Plus two seven seven nine six Nine five seven nine three zero is our SMS number. Or you can email us at info at channelafrica.org. Thank you to those who are listening to us from America. Remember, if you're listening to Channel Africa, you can listen to us by telephone and you can just call us on 605-475-1711. That's 605-475-1711 at no extra cost. Now, that's how I wrap it up. I'll be back with you next week, Monday, and we'll be back with more conversation on what's happening on the African continent. We're going to wrap it up with this song by Leseho.
6: Sadi Gamidi, it's an ebank, good to keep all the body. Tabu, it's having Tabaso. Then you can turn on the cry. Move on, run about you